0: Hello everyone. I'm here with Greg Powell. Greg, welcome to the Ward family. You're probably noticing that this isn't Greg conducting the interview. This is his son, Andy. You probably recognize me. From now on, I'm not going to call him Greg. I'm just going to call him dad. Dad, it's nice to be here talking with you today. I'm just going to start out with asking you, uh, where did you grow up? So I grew up mostly in the
1: Washington DC area. So my parents have lived in Bethesda, Maryland for probably about the last 35 years at this point. And so I went to junior high and high school in Bethesda. But before that, we actually uh, moved a fair amount. So I was born in Connecticut. Uh, Then we moved to New York. Uh, My brother was born there. So it's me and my brother. So there's two of us as kids. From there, we actually moved to the DC area, uh, then we went to Munich, Germany, so my dad was working for Siemens, which is a big German company, and so we, were, we moved to Munich for a couple of years, and then uh, we went to Boca Raton, Florida, uh, because Siemens had a, a facility there in Florida. And then my parents got to a point where they wanted to be able to change jobs without having to move in the process. And so they felt that Washington, D.C. would be a good place to do that. And so we moved there, lived in Northern Virginia for a little while, and then uh, ended up settling down in Bethesda, Maryland.
0: And through all of that, what was it like moving around all the time as a kid?
1: Yeah, I mean, it was an interesting experience. I would say that You know, there were definitely challenges with it, you know, if you're always the new kid at school, uh, for example, you know, it's hard sometimes making new friends or, or, you know, kind of fitting into different friend groups and, and that sort of a thing. I will say that living in Germany, I thought, was a pretty neat experience. That was actually, for me, between kindergarten and second grade, uh, roughly. We were there about two and a half years. I was at an international school while we were there. And so I actually learned German. Uh, You know, for my age, I guess, I was fluent in German because all of the kids on the playground and socially and things like that spoke German, even though we spoke English in the classroom. Uh, I don't remember any... German at all, I feel like maybe it's somehow locked away in my brain and if I were, you know, kind of immersed uh, in in a uh, German-speaking country again, then, you know, maybe it would would come back a little bit uh, more easily to me. But I did think that that was an interesting experience. Uh, As I look back over time, I also feel like perhaps it's made me a more adaptable person. I, I feel like I do pretty well with change. And I I think that maybe a lot of that has to do with the fact that I I did have so much change uh, kind of growing up from all of these moves.
0: And also just beyond being so adaptable and being able to accommodate new circumstances in your life, do you also think that moving around and living in all these different areas as a kid helped expose you to a bunch of new cultures and be like more accepting of people?
1: Yeah, I think so for sure. And I think part of that as well is just that my parents are actually neither one of them are from the US. So my dad grew up in India, uh, in Kolkata, uh, India, and then came to Canada, uh, to New Brunswick, Canada, initially, and then to Toronto uh, for a master's degree and then for employment. And then my mom actually grew up in Toronto. And uh, they met there in Toronto and got married and then they moved to the U.S. and then my, br- my brother and I were born in the U.S. But I think between having parents that were uh, not originally from the U.S. Uh, combined with the fact that we lived in these different parts of the country and different parts of the world, I, I do think that it helped expose me to other types of cultures or ideas.
0: And growing up... In this family with those two parents and your brother were you a member of the church at that age
1: uh, I was not uh, so my my parents actually made a conscious decision to not pick a religion for us so my dad grew up Hindu my mom grew up Christian and so as part of that uh, they decided that they wouldn't pick A religion for my brother and I. Um, We did celebrate Christmas and Easter, you know, kind of growing up, but it was much more about the Easter buddy and Santa Claus and that kind of stuff than it was about uh, Jesus Christ, for example. I don't remember this personally, but my parents have told me that I was fairly spiritual um, kind of growing up. And actually, at one point when we both lived in Germany and then also. Uh, Prior to that, my parents took a trip to Europe. Uh, My mom has told me that every time that we went into a church, for example, and there's a lot of old churches in Europe, um, I would always pray and that kind of stuff. So I guess I was, you know, more spiritually inclined uh, as as a kid. And then I don't remember this either, but my parents have told me that I was in a kind of Christian preschool kind of growing up. And so I guess I did learn some of the Bible stories and things like that. Uh, as well, but otherwise uh, we we weren't a particularly religious family and I wasn't personally religious growing up.
0: Cool, and moving past when you were a kid to more your adult years, where did you go to college and what did you study there?
1: So I went to college in the Boston area. I went to, to MIT undergrad and studied computer science. And when I was growing up, my parents were both into computers. My dad's actually a mechanical engineer by training, but had actually transitioned into hardware and computers uh, kind of when those really got going. Um, And it actually taught my mom how to program. So she was an English major undergrad, but then was a self-taught with my dad's help uh, kind of computer programmer, and then got into the computer field that way by way of employment. And so we had a TI-99 computer, for those of you who are old enough to remember that, but got into doing just some uh, literally basic programming. So the programming language basic in terms of just writing some games and other little programs. And then it it kind of went from there in terms of learning Pascal and C and and that kind of stuff. I also did uh, some summer jobs Uh, doing computer programming, and so it just seemed like a really natural fit to then pursue that in terms of my college degree. um, Technically my degree is in electrical engineering and computer science. For those of you who are familiar with MIT, I was course six there, all of the majors have numbers, but uh, as part of that I very quickly discovered that I was not very good at the electrical engineering part, and so I really just did the bare minimum number of those classes and then really just focused on computer science.
0: That's, that's awesome. And then as part of being in college while you were there, I know you met my mom while you were in college. So uh, tell us a little bit about how you guys met and then ended up dating and from there and all that kind of stuff.
1: So I met Amy, uh, who many of you know, who's now my wife, uh, just a couple of weeks into my freshman year. And so Amy was a junior at the time. She's two years older than I am. At MIT, one of the things that they do, which is... At the time was unique, they've changed it since then, but they actually had rush for fraternities and sororities right as people arrived for their freshman year. And so I had uh, joined a fraternity. I had pledged a fraternity, and uh, we were having our first big party of the year. And so at our first big party of the year, uh, Amy attended that with one of her friends. She was She went to Boston University undergrad, and so she was there with a friend, and I saw her just out on the dance floor, uh, went over, asked her if I could dance uh, with her, and we just got to talking. Uh, We talked for about 30 minutes, and then because I was a pledge in our fraternity at the time, I actually had to go and work the keg uh, at that point, and so I said, hey, I need to go and and serve some beverages uh, to people who are at this party, but hopefully I'll be able to talk to you when I'm done with that. And about 30 minutes later, uh, she and her friend came by and said that, you know, they needed to get going and I asked her for her phone number um, and she actually, she gave that to me and uh, I called her a couple of days later and then we went out on our first date Uh, from there. And then we ended up dating all the way through college uh, for me. And then we got married uh, about a year after I uh, graduated from MIT. Um, And we actually got married at the New England Aquarium and had a sea lion show actually at our at our wedding, which was kind of a fun.
0: That's really cool. And then also as part of college, that's where you were first exposed to the church. So how did that all unfold?
1: As I was getting to know Amy, one of the things, uh, she wasn't active uh, in the church um, at this point in her life when I met her. But I did, as I got to know her a little bit better and and learned a little bit more about her family and growing up mostly in Utah, um, I learned about the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And as part of that, just as a way of trying to connect with her family and be respectful of her family, decided that I should learn a little bit more about uh, her church and so on. And she has a sister, Natalie, who's about my age, who decided to serve a mission. And Mm -hmm. so when Natalie uh, served her mission, I wrote her some letters again, just as a way of trying to be nice and ingratiate myself to the family. Uh, and so on, not necessarily, you know, that deeply interested in religion myself at this point. But one of the things that I asked Natalie at the time, which was sort of an insensitive question, was, hey, you're a missionary for the church. What's your sales pitch? Like, how do you how do you kind of sell the church? Mm-hmm. And she responded and uh, in a very nice way, you know, basically said, hey, I'm not selling anything. I just share what I know and what I believe, uh, kind of with other people. Uh, and then it's really up to them to decide uh, what they want to do based on that information. And as part of that, she shared the Book of Mormon with me. She shared, you know, some passages in Moroni in particular around that. And so I read the, these particular, you know, parts of the Book of Mormon and she had encouraged me to pray about them. and. Uh, Lo and behold, the first time that I did that, I felt like I actually got an answer, Um, but I got an answer to a question that I wasn't actually actively (laughs) seeking an answer to, if you will. And so I just kind of filed that away. Um, At the time, I didn't really uh, kind of act on it, but um, that was kind of my first exposure to the Book of Mormon and... Um, more broadly, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints.
0: So obviously from from there to now, you have become a member. You've been a member for many years, and you're very involved in the church now. What, what ultimately compelled you then to look into the church more and ultimately become a member, considering at first you didn't really act on any of those feelings you had?
1: Really what triggered that was when my kids were born. And in particular, I, you know, because of the fact that Amy's family were all active uh, kind of in the church, I figured that my kids would have cousins that were getting baptized, that were going to church, and, and so on. Um, Amy, when the kids were born, started going to church again initially more for the community aspect of it, and then over time more the religious aspect of it. And so I just figured that it was just a matter of time until my kids asked me questions like, well, why is it that we go to church and you don't go to church? At church, we were taught this about Jesus Christ or this about God or this about, you know, a doctrinal issue. Well, what do you believe? Like, do you believe that? You know, do you not believe that? Why? You know, those sorts of things. And I felt like I owed my kids informed responses to that, even if it was, I don't believe, but here's why I don't believe. Now you can choose to believe, but I choose to not believe, but I do that for a good reason, not because I just don't think it's an important question to be considering. And so I initially started that off with more of just spirituality, reading different types of, you know, blogs or books or that kind of stuff, from more of a spiritual and just sort of general connection, you know, kind of with God um, perspective, if you will. Um, I also took a comparative religion class through Foothill. It was an online course uh, that focused mostly on Western religions, but did a little bit on Eastern religions as well. And as part of that, we studied Judaism and I was like, oh, I should totally be a Jew. This is amazing. And then we'd study Islam and I was like, oh, no, I should totally be Muslim. And then You know my dad is hindu and you know i was like oh maybe i should be a hindu and eventually gravitated towards christianity but then had the joseph smith problem of well there's 1300 christian denominations or maybe said it slightly different way there's catholicism and then there's let's call it you know 1300 protestant denominations and where do you go with that And I was actually reminded of this experience that I had had at that point 14 years earlier with the Book of Mormon while I was in college. And so in business terms, decided to give the church, uh, how I referred to it at the time, was a limited time exclusive on my focus and my investigation. And so I decided that I would dig into... Uh, this particular church. And then if it turned out that it wasn't a good fit for me, well, there's 1299 other alternatives to go. Uh, and I just never got beyond that first option. And so about 14 weeks later, after lots of meetings with missionaries and a whole whole bunch of different things, uh, ended up choosing to get baptized. So
0: On a base level, there's a very obvious answer to this, but how do you think your life would have ended up differently if you hadn't joined the church, like where you think you would be at now without it?
1: I think about that actually a fair amount and in a lot of different ways. And I feel like I would not be in nearly as good a place in life. And I don't mean that financially or temporarily, although I do feel like that has come into play as well. But... I would just say in terms of my emotional grounding, in terms of the way that I approach things, the types of decisions that I've made in my life, you know, the types of things that I've made a priority in my life have been really heavily influenced by um, being a member of the church and in particular um, trying to be more of a disciple of Jesus Christ. And, and I feel like as I have aligned myself You know, more directly uh, in that way, I've just seen all kinds of other blessings and benefits in my life. And when I actually look back, there was a number of things that were going on that had they kind of continued on the trajectory that they were on. I think I might be in a fairly bad place right now. Um, And so I think through that lens, it's been really transformative Uh, for me. And then even when I was mentioning, you know, kind of temporal or financial things, I do feel like even just from a career perspective, or, you know, some of the decisions that I've made there, uh, it's been really helpful to have this kind of broader eternal perspective and also have kind of a worldview that things happen for a reason that um, they'll ultimately work out for my good, even if in the moment, they're, they're not, going so well. Um, And I've seen that play out now a number of times in my life, including in my career. And so I would just say that uh, it's been amazing across really every dimension of my life.
0: So it's changed like the purpose of your life and how you go about it and like view it and like regard it overall?
1: Yeah, I would say that it's definitely influenced what I find to be important. Um, I would say that when I was growing up, When I really thought about what it is I wanted out of life, I thought about, oh, I want to be really rich, or I want to live in this kind of house, or I want to drive this kind of car, or I want to have this kind of status in terms of a title at work, or I want to be really famous, for example, or really well-known, or that kind of stuff. And all of those things were really things that, like, the world, cares about, or at least the world tells you that you should, you know, sort of care about. And as time has gone on, I I don't, I wouldn't claim to not be caught up in some of that. Um, I think to a certain degree, all of us, uh, as much as we might try, you know, end up focusing on that probably more than we should. But I, I will say that as time has gone on, I really have tried to focus more in terms of good that i can do in the world the service that i can be to other people and just making a meaningful difference with my life as opposed to notoriety or uh, money or those kinds of things as measures of success
0: absolutely and then going back to college and getting married so you finish college you get married to my mom what ultimately brings you both out to California and the Bay Area? So after college, I worked for a while
1: there in the Boston area, and then went to business school out in, in that area, went to Harvard Business School and graduated in June of 2000. And so for those of you who remember that time period, this was the dot-com era. Having studied computer science, having had a startup of my own and kind of in the early days of the web and that kind of stuff, Um, Silicon Valley was definitely the hot place to be. And so I had actually done a summer internship in uh, Cupertino Mm -hmm. in between my first and second year of business school. And so Amy and I were out here for a bit uh, that particular summer. Uh, Amy was actually born in Walnut Creek. So she was actually born in the Bay Area. Her mom actually grew up in San Francisco. so She had some family connections and ties uh, out to this area as well. And, uh, and so we just decided that this could be a great place to come career-wise. At that point, uh, moved uh, specifically to Mountain View because the company that I had joined out of business school was based in Mountain View. And we didn't really know the area. We didn't know what the commutes would be like or the traffic patterns or things like that. And so we wanted to make the commute as short as possible. And so um, that's how we picked Mountain View. And then now over 20 years later, you know we're still here. And um, we've just really, really enjoyed our time here and have really liked Mountain View in particular.
0: Okay, cool. And once you moved out to California and kind of got settled in, then obviously Jonathan, my brother, for those who don't know, uh, and I uh, kind of came along uh, was it like becoming a father and now having like these new people in your life to hang out with and take care of
1: it's been a really great experience i mean parenthood in general is has a lot of ups and downs you know with it you know that you care very deeply uh you know for these new members of your family and i think that you know it's uh It also brings a reasonable amount of stress in terms of the additional responsibility and things like that. But it also uh, brings a lot of fulfillment as well in terms of really seeing uh, sons of God, um, you know, come into the world and and develop and, and grow into just really interesting, amazing people and that have. Lots of really great skills and capabilities, and you know now at this point, seeing both of you now leave the nest as it were, to kind of go off to college and and to do other things, I think is also just really exciting in terms of this phase of things, as I mentioned earlier, becoming a father is really what motivated me to get serious about religion or at least try to understand you know or figure out what my beliefs were um, as it related to that. Um, And I also just feel having now joined the church and as time has gone on, I do feel like there's a lot of analogies between being a father myself and kind of how I view and approach things uh, with you guys uh, as my sons in a similar way to how our heavenly father, you know, probably thinks about or relates, you know, to me or, or, you know, how deeply uh, he and and our Heavenly Mother you know kind of care about me I feel like I have some inkling of that based on how you know I feel about you um, and Jonathan for example so.
0: So you talked about how I mean Jonathan already left a couple of years ago for college he I mean you were obviously all in regular contact so staying in touch with me while I'm in college shouldn't be any sort of concern but you should have a lot more free time And you're going to be an empty nester now, so do you have any plans or do you know what's kind of like the next steps for your life now that Jonathan and I are both going to be moved out kind of doing our own thing in other parts of the country? Yeah, no,
1: I mean, it's an interesting transition time for sure. Had both of you as kind of young kids and then, you know, kind of growing up into the teenage years and, and now, you know, kind of getting to this point. Uh, There was always a lot of activity, you know, kind of in the home, there were always a bunch of things that we were doing in terms of going to, whether it was soccer games or school activities or, you know, things like that. And so there'll be a different cadence and pattern uh, to life now that both of you will be in college. Um, But I think that it's exciting to kind of see what interests you guys have and are developing um, to be able to visit you guys at school, I know it's, it was really neat to go and see Jonathan at Notre Dame, go to a football game there, and you know, kind of see that part of the culture. You know, Butler has a great basketball team, for example. So you know, hopefully we can make it to maybe a Butler basketball game, or you know, make it in, out to Indianapolis for that. But then you know, as time goes on, to uh, just find ways to you know, kind of connect with you guys in that way. Um, To the extent that you decide to have kids at some point, you know, there will be an interesting transition to become, you know, kind of grandparents and that kind of stuff. And, you know, in the meantime, uh, Amy and I, so your mom and I are starting to think about do we want to try and do some travel? Do we want to get involved in terms of doing other types of service or, you know, other involvement in the community, you know, for example? So... Uh, I think it just opens up all kinds of interesting possibilities um, that we haven't, you know, sort of fully figured out yet, but we'll kind of see where it all goes.
0: Well, it's been great to talk to you, Dad. Hopefully people listening right now have learned something new about you. I know even I've learned some new things about you from, from doing this interview. Thanks for letting me be a part of this.